Good morning, I'm Anna Palmer. And I'm Jake Sherman. And welcome to The Daily Punch, brought to you by Punchbowl News. It's Wednesday, October 6th, 2021. Let's get into the mix. Here are your Washington headlines of the day. Number one, we've got the latest on the debt ceiling. Number two, what Kevin McCarthy really thinks about the U.S. Chamber of Commerce. And number three, Senate Republicans have a big fundraising quarter. All right, Jake, let's get to it. The biggest story in Washington, probably should be around the world, is the debt ceiling crisis, what Washington is going to do as we get uh, scarily close to this October 18th deadline. Yeah, so um, uh, do you have your money in a mattress yet? (laughs) Um, So, uh, no, I'm kidding. Um, So listen, we are, uh, today the Senate will vote on cloture, which many of you know because you are um, either in this business or somewhat around this business, that um, it's to overcome a Republican filibuster. Republicans have been filibustering their um, the, de- the debt limit. And uh, that means that Schumer has to vote for cloture, has to has to file for cloture, which he did, to, um, to break the filibuster. Not going to happen. So what happens then? So listen, I mean, Republicans say that they are going to, um, that this means Democrats are going to like, move to reconciliation, the 50 vote process. Schumer has said he won't do that. So what will Schumer do? Um, I, I don't know. So a lot of dynamics here worth worth considering, worth thinking about. Uh, uh, Joe Biden said yesterday that the nuclear option blowing up the filibuster is possible here. Manchin has not been willing to do that. People are going to be chasing Manchin around the Capitol. So you could thank Joe Biden for that, Joe Manchin, uh, all day today. Uh, asking him if he's going to blow up the filibuster. Don't think he's going to. He told us to forget about the filibuster yesterday or the, no, two days ago. Uh, doesn't seem like Kirsten Cinema is in a mood to blow up the filibuster, I would imagine. Um, so that's kind of out of it. Uh, so I don't know. I mean, this is, we've had some people float to us maybe a two week debt ceiling patch, which I guess the House could probably pass pretty easily. I mean, I don't know. This is a mess. And, um, I would say, like, we're not, this is not getting any better um, uh, at all. And that's, that should be, that should be worrisome to a lot of people. Yeah, it's, it feels as though both sides are continuing to just talk at each other, then try to find a pathway forward. Democrats are saying, hey, we just need 10 Republicans to overcome. Uh, the filibuster, which means basically the process vote, cloture vote for those that are are paying attention uh, kind of tangentially of this. And then it would just be a 50 vote threshold for Democrats to raise the debt ceiling. Republicans, uh, you know, seem to be in no mood to to actually do that. They're trying to find 10 Republicans to do that right now uh, is very, very um, not not I wouldn't put money on that good money on that anyway. And then it's, you know, to, to what you just said about the president, it's so interesting. You know, he's kind of now throwing a total wrench in this with saying, hey, let's just get rid of the filibuster. I mean, that would be a massive, massive shift. And it's hard when considering immigration, voting rights, a lot of really existential crises that, uh, that for Democrats in terms of the future of this country. They've been unwilling to get rid of the filibuster, to get rid of it on the debt ceiling. It seems to be, a, I have a hard time seeing that happen. Yeah, you know, I don't, you know, I, I could argue this both ways, Anna. I kind of agree with you. I could argue this both ways. I could argue that it, this is actually the time for them to try to do it, right? Like, you could argue if you're Chuck Schumer, um, 
that this is the time to blow up the filibuster. Like the nation's credit rating, credit worthiness is on the line and Republicans are filibustering, which, by the way, is an extreme position, right? I mean, there's there's no question that it's an extreme position Republicans are taking on, on, on the filibuster. Many of them concede it privately. That is one. So that is an argument to blow up the filibuster. The argument against it is like you do it on something like voting rights or something really momentous because you're um, because you are um, uh, it's, it's just much more, you know, meaningful to people. But I would say this, if they move to blow, I, I don't think they have the votes, so let me start with that. But number two, if they move to blow up the filibuster on 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 the debt limit, they should be prepared immediately to move on to voting rights and things of that nature. But um, there's not a ton, uh, this is just a side note, I mean, what could they do if they blow up the filibuster? They could probably pass the DREAM Act, they could probably pass some some version, version of voting rights, they could pass Manchin-Toomey. Those are the three things I see is that they could do when they if they blow up the filibuster. But again, I don't think they have the votes to blow up the filibuster. And and I, let me just make this last point, Anna. The filibuster is a fast-track process, right? 50 votes. You know what else is a fast-track process? Reconciliation. So, so you know... Might not solve everybody's problems. That would solve everybody's saying. problems. And, you know, we're at this point because no one agrees if there's time for reconciliation. Like, we had Republicans tell us yesterday it would take a week. Um, it would take... And, and Republicans, as we note in, in, in the morning edition this morning, um, like, Republicans are willing to let reconciliation go quickly. They say now. I mean, who knows if they'll actually do it. Um I think, let me put it this way. I think once Democrats concede defeat here, and if they ever move to reconciliation, Republicans will let the process go quite, quite quickly. That's my, that's my sense from reporting in the Capitol. All right, let's move on to the number two story of the morning. Who's the chamber? What's the chamber? Kevin McCarthy, the Republican leader from California, uh, basically dissing the U.S. Chamber of Commerce. This has not been a great week for the chamber uh, and its relationship currently with Republicans, much less in the future, Jake. Yeah. So I uh, reached out to Mr. McCarthy, Kevin McCarthy, yesterday, uh, asked him about the chamber. He booted them off his conference calls. Not he did, but the leadership did. Uh, uh, then the chamber kind of got wobbly on the infrastructure bill, which is obviously tied to the reconciliation bill, although they were pretending it was not. Uh, we asked McCarthy what he thought of the chamber, and he said, I didn't even know the chamber was around anymore. Obviously, a little bit of um, tongue in cheek, but shows that he doesn't really care about the chamber. I asked if the chamber would have influence if Republicans won the House majority in 2022, and he said as much as they are now, as much influence as they have now. Um, uh, you know, um, what do you think of that, Anna? <laughs> I mean, I, it's a pretty bold statement. I think, you know, when you go back, I feel like, you know, in almost 20 years of reporting on the business of Washington for me, you know, when I came into town, the chamber was the the 500 pound gorilla, you know, in terms of, you know, Republicans wanting their favor, you know, wanting them to support them, their key votes meant something. Obviously, politics has changed a lot. The Republican Party has changed quite a bit. Um, you know, and I think there might be some Republicans who'd say, I don't, you know, and other people behind the scenes would say, I don't know if I recognize Kevin McCarthy now compared to where he was 10 years ago. So I think there's been a lot. Of, it reflects this growing shift and separation between where business uh, you know, groups are oftentimes now and where Republicans are. They are no longer kind of hand in hand in terms of policy and in terms of kind of priorities. And this is just, I, I think it was a, a pretty stark and public, frankly, statement by McCarthy that prop 
possible, uh, if not probable, next Speaker of the House for Republicans. Yeah, um, I, I agree with everything on that. Um, I, I just thought, you know, I agree with you. I mean, I think a lot of people would say that, you know, no one recognizes McCarthy for where, where he was 10 years ago. And that's probably right. Um uh, and and remember Neil Bradley, who is the you know a big poobah at the chamber, um, was knows McCarthy well. From he was a, a top aide to Eric Cantor, um, and now he runs the chamber. And I'm sure, I'm sure he has some thoughts about where Kevin has become. Has Kevin has gone from from you know 15 years ago or whatever it was, 12 years ago, when uh, uh, Eric Cantor was majority leader um, and not an investment banker. So, you know, um, anyway, I, I thought that was an interesting, interesting view of today's of big business's relationship with the House, the House Republican minority now and majority in the future. Let's move on to the number three story of the morning. The National Republican Senatorial Committee, the political arm for Senate Republicans, is announcing a strong fundraising effort in the third quarter. Of course, we've got a 50-50 Senate going into the midterm, so this is a good time for both parties to be asking for money because we just see how important the majority in the Senate is in everything that's happening in Washington. They took in more than $25 million dollars raking in $9.5 million in September alone. Jake, those are pretty eye-popping numbers for the NRSC. Yeah, big numbers. Uh, you know, obviously the battle for the Senate is extraordinarily important, um, and as is the battle for the House. But I think, you know, both of these folks, both of these organizations, Repub- House Republicans, Senate Republicans are, are raising big money. Um, uh, remember, I mean, uh, organizations like the NRSC and the NRCC, the official party committees, are limited in what they could raise. Uh, both organizations have super PACs and nonprofits, which also do um, a lot of work for the majority. So um, uh, very interesting to me. We also have an ad from uh, Saving Arizona PAC. Peter Thiel put $10 million into that pack, which is probably not a lot of money for him, but would be a lot of money for me and you, Anna. Actually, it would be more money than we have, uh, period. Um, we, um, we, it would be a, um, uh, and so anyway, they're running an ad on behalf of Blake Masters, who Thiel, I think, taught at Stanford University, knows from, knows him from a, a long time ago, and it is pro-border wall, pro-Trump, pro-anti-immigrant stuff. Uh, we linked the video in uh, in Punchable News this morning, so check it out. All right, and with that, just a quick reminder. I'm sitting down with Senator Tom Carper, the Democrat from Delaware, this afternoon at 2.30 Eastern Daily Time to talk about the role of private capital in the renewable energy and infrastructure sectors. We will also talk uh, what's the latest on debt ceiling, reconciliation, and even more. So you can watch that online. We hope you will join me for that. And with that, thank you so much for listening. Please leave us a rating and review. Share our podcast, Daily Punch. It's the easiest way for others to find us. You can also subscribe to Punchbowl News at punchbowl.news. Have a great day and stay safe.